Hey everyone, this is David from Wisconsin. I'm Jack's podcast producer. I just wanted to remind you real quick that Jack has a podcast hotline. You can leave him a voicemail at 920-415-4525. All you got to do is leave your name, where you're from, roughly, and then your question or comment, whatever. Jack really does want to hear from you. Again, that number is 920-415-4525. You can also text your questions to that number or email jack at jack.hager at gmail.com. All of those contacts will be in the show notes for this episode. Thanks for listening. We'll see you later. Hey there, it is Jack Hager. I'm so glad you've tuned in. Last couple of weeks, I've been kind of down. I'm not totally sure that it was COVID, but I was just wiped out, just exhausted. I don't think I've ever been that way in my life for such a long length of time, no other symptoms, just really, really hard to keep the eyes open, sleep for a few hours, wake up and still be exhausted. I think I'm on the mend, but it was not a whole lot of fun. I'm grateful I haven't got the disease in a way that's been debilitating, but it pretty much wiped me out. And I'd like to see this whole COVID thing wiped out, masked out and a whole lot of other things. But that's another subject. Hey, a friend of mine, Shay, called in I've known Shay since he was about 12 or 13 years old. He's 20-something now. And he recently got engaged. And he wondered if I had any advice. Hey, my name is Shay Stacy. I'm calling from Kansas City, Missouri. Uh, I've known Jack uh, since I was 12 or 13 or so. I'm a young man now. And I actually called the wrong number just a minute ago and got Jack, which was fun. I hadn't talked to him in a month or two. But he was headed to a meeting. So, anyway, my question, if Jack would care to speak to it at all, is, yeah, I'm engaged and uh, I'm going to be getting married in September. And so just any counsel on a season of engagement, I don't know what that looked like for Jack and Jane. But, yeah, I know he's obviously walked alongside many many people through his years of ministry in engagement. So if there's just any counsel or wisdom uh, that he'd give a young man, yeah, super thankful for Jack Edgar. Excited to be able to listen to his voice every now and again. That's great fun. So, appreciate y'all. To boldly go where no man should go, I'll give some advice. Number one, obviously, marriage is the second most important decision a man or woman ever makes. That first decision, repenting of sin and trusting Jesus Christ. But marriage is a huge deal. Regardless of what our culture says today, marriage is a huge deal. It is a picture of the gospel. It's not just putting a man and a woman together. And yes, I do mean a man and a woman together. It's not just providing a safe haven and a godly haven for the production of children, but it's actually a picture of the gospel. And there's so many scriptures that allude to that, so many scriptures that point to that. So if you're listening and you're single, one thing I hope you're praying for regularly is your future spouse. If you're married, I hope you're praying for your wife or your husband all the time. But even as a single person, whether you're 12 years old or 40 years old, I hope you make it a regular occasion to pray for your future spouse. Pray that God would bring them to himself. Pray that God would protect them. Pray that God would keep them focused on Jesus and a whole lot of other things. Vital, 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 vital. As far as engagement goes, generally speaking, I'm a fan of long courtships. I don't mean the doctrine of courtship. I just mean dating, if I can use that word without getting stoned. I'm a fan of long dating relationships and short engagements. Obviously, there are some exceptions to that, and short is in the eye of the beholder. 
But during that engagement period, there are a lot of things to watch for, a lot of things to look for, a lot of things to stay alert to. Obviously, one of those things is purity, and I am old-fashioned. I believe this gift of sex is for one man, one woman, under the confines of marriage, for one life. Yes, I know a lot of people disagree with that. It's a free country. You're entitled to your wrong opinion. But I am convinced that marriage, from a godly perspective, is for one man, one woman, for life. I also believe that sex is a part of that gift of marriage, a part of that gift of marriage, not a part of the gift of dating or a part of the gift of engagement. Dating can go wrong. Engagements can break. Once you engage in sexual activity, it's a done deal. So if you're engaged, really, really, really be careful. Really be careful to not slip into the hormones of temptation, slip into the pits of temptation, slip into something where you don't want to be. Save it. Save it. For after you say, I will. For after you say, I do. For after you say, yes, I am committed to this man, I am committed to this woman for the rest of my life. Obviously, part of the engagement should hopefully be some godly premarital counseling. Probably usually by the person who's going to officiate your wedding, but in some cases that's not possible, but maybe that person will direct you to someone. It should be face-to-face -face, if at all possible, as opposed to going through a workbook or something online. Again, with the COVID restrictions, there may be some stuff in there. But get some good premarital counseling. Read some good books. I tell you, the book that I wish I would have read long before I got married, but I couldn't because it wasn't out yet. It's been out for a number of years. It's by Bill and Pam Farrell, F-A-R-R-E-L. And it has the exciting title, Men Are Like Waffles, Women Are Like Spaghetti. It's not deep theological insights, but it's practical stuff that you can put to use. And I wish I would have read it a long time ago. I wish on a day-to-day -day basis I'd remember some of the things I learned there. But it's a really, really good book about relationships, a really, really good book about how men think, how women think, a really, really good book about how you intertwine the two things. And I really, above all the books that I know about marriage, this is the practical one that I really, really recommend. And go ahead and read it during the engagement period. I really think that the engagement time, well, let me, let me just share with you Jane and I. Jane and I got married in November of 1982. Got engaged several months before there. And because I was on the road speaking in those days, I didn't see Jane for months. We communicated, and back then it was not easy. There were no cell phones, there was no email, there was no chat, there was no texting. I had to find a payphone. If you don't know what that is, Google it. I had to find a payphone when I was on the road. Remember what the time difference was and call Jane at an appropriate time. Wrote letters. Those are things where you had a piece of paper with, yeah, you know what a letter is, but wrote letters, sent cards, did all kinds of things to try to stay connected. It was a lot of work. It was great work. It was fun work. And that separation, I think that grounded us. It has been said that separation makes the heart wander. Eh, I don't think so. I guess it could. But in our case, it just cemented us and confirmed to both of us that, yes, we were going to marry one another and we were going to wait and it was going to be a wonderful thing. And marriage is a wonderful thing. But let me tell you, it takes work. So Shay... 
in response to your original question, not a whole lot of advice except stay in communication, work on that communication, stay pure, stay committed, stay in prayer, begin to learn what it is to pray together if you haven't already, and in your case, I'm sure you have. Uh, build that relationship as much as you can. I know it's a uh, time will kind of seem to go like quicksand, but it'll be here soon enough. That marriage date will be here, and it'll be a blessing to be able to come to that wedding, hopefully, and hopefully all the COVID junk will be gone by then. You can have a great wedding. But I really appreciate the question and not much of an answer, but that's what it is for now. And now allow me just to uh, kind of transition to another subject. January 30th was my 47th spiritual birthday. January 30th, 1974, is when I trusted Christ, when I believed the gospel, when I accepted Christ. I didn't ask him into my heart because that terminology was not familiar to me then. And I just want to, as a testimony to God's goodness and God's amazing way of reaching out, I just want to share briefly some of the details that brought about that salvation. I had been arrested on December 3rd, 1973, in San Angelo, Texas, on several charges coming from the West Coast. I was thrown into Tom Green County Jail in San Angelo, Texas, awaiting extradition to the West Coast. Prior to this time, I had never been in church except for weddings and funerals, had no real concept who Jesus Christ was. I kind of floated through a Bible as lit class at UCLA when I was writing the GI Bill there, but I had no concept. I don't think I'd ever really read a Bible or looked at a Bible. Jesus Christ to me was simply a swear word. Uh, I don't know what I knew about him. It's hard to go back and try to unpack that and unwrap that. All I knew is that I didn't know much about anything. I did know there had to be a God, a higher power or something. I couldn't believe that a long, long time ago, nothing got in nothing and made a something. I didn't realize that God had placed eternity in our hearts. I didn't realize that the heavens declare the glory of God. But those things were doing their thing. So like everybody else, I knew there had to be a something. But to the best of my knowledge, I had never been invited to church. I had never been witnessed to. No one had ever shared the gospel with me. I never really had any interest in those kind of things. So here I am, 26 years old, sitting in a jail cell, facing a long, long time in prison. If they would have had all my charges running wild, I'd still be in prison. And maybe in some views I should be. But the fact of the matter is they ran my sentences together and I was sentenced to 10 years, but that's for another time, for another place. I'm sitting in the jail cell. After a few weeks, they found some drugs in the jail cell, which is not terribly unusual, because drugs are easier to get in jail and prison than they are on the street. But uh, the unusual thing is they punished us. They seized the drugs, obviously. Then they took the little television sets out. They took the uh, Louis L'Amour Westerns out. They took the Monopoly games out. They took the poker cards out. They took the weights out. They took everything out except what apparently the Texas State Supreme Court said they couldn't take out, and that was the religious junk. Apparently, it would be uncivilized to not leave a prisoner access to religious material. A few days went by, and after just nothing, literally nothing to do, I went over to the pile of books, and I don't remember exactly what was there. I know there were Bibles. There were probably maybe even a Koran. I'm not sure. 
and there were some real deep theological tombs like How to Lose Weight for Jesus and The Better Self-Image in Christ, sarcasm intended. But there was one book with an American flag on it, and it had the word prison in the title. I'm not going to share the title of the book simply because the book is pretty wacky. It's got some pretty wacky theology in it. But at the time, I knew nothing. Zero. Zip. So I picked up the book simply because I had been in jail a few times, had never been in prison. I figured I could read the book, disregard the science fiction religious stuff, and learn a little bit about what prison was going to be like, because I knew I was going, and I didn't know much about it. So I picked up the book and read. And it was a story of a guy who was in the service, was an alcoholic, went through all kinds of junk, eventually came to Christ, started a church, all kinds of other things. But in his story, in his testimony, as he shared his story, he also shared a lot of scripture. Can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit, who I didn't even know existed, the Holy Spirit, without my permission, began to use his word to work in my heart. No heebie-jeebie thing, no dramatic lights, no uh, flashes in the sky, but just God working through his word, even in a book that was less than solid theologically. And as I continued to read, I got to the point where, you know what? This guy, nothing wrong with the guy probably, but this guy keeps referring to these Bible verses. So maybe it ought to be a good idea for me to find a Bible, read the Bible, and just kind of see where this guy's coming from. At that point in my life, I still wasn't looking for God, at least consciously. I wasn't trying to look for a get-out-of-jail-free pass. I was just bored. And this guy's book was, eh, it was kind of interesting, but he kept using something else as a source. So I figured I'd go to the source. So I went over to the pile of books again. And I picked up what probably was a Gideon Bible. I can't prove that, but my guess is it was a Bible provided by the Gideons, which is why I'm very much in favor for the Gideons. I can't be a Gideon because I'm ordained, and they don't like ordained people. They don't want ordained people to be part. They want it to be a lay ministry. I get that. It's all good. And I support the Gideons, and they're very cool people. At any rate, I picked up the book, began to read. I don't know how far I made it, because I didn't know it was a whole bunch of books written over 1,400 years by 40 or 41 different people on three different continents in two different I didn't know any of that. But eventually, and I'm not sure how I got there, but somehow I figured out Christianity probably has a lot to do with Christ. And somehow, somewhere, somehow I learned about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So I began to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Again, I'm reading a book. I have no idea that it's God-breathed that all scripture is breathed out by God. I had no idea that it was living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword. I'm simply reading the book because I ain't got nothing else to do. But as I'm reading the book, again, without my permission, the Holy Spirit uses his word, as he always does, to do his work. I remember one of the things that attracted me to Jesus was realizing that he never really had any put-downs for the prostitutes or the scumbags or the people who were a lot like me. He never had anything for them but compassion. The only people he put down were the religious people, the people who thought they were pretty cool and God owed them something, because God owes me something because I do step one, step two, step three. I didn't know it was called legalism then. I didn't know it didn't save then, but I just said, 
Jesus kind of didn't like the religious folk. That's kind of cool. But as I read about sin and judgment, the cross, the resurrection, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Candidly, in many ways, it doesn't make sense now. But somehow God turned the light on. And on the evening of January 30th, 1974, I guess I prayed. I wish I would have written down exactly what I did. But all I know is I admitted that I was a sinner. I was willing to turn away from being the boss of my life, asking Jesus to be Lord of my life. And I believed the gospel. that Christ died for my sin. That he was declared with power to be the Son of God by his resurrection from the dead. I trusted Jesus. I got saved, born again, whatever term you want to use. All because of a book. All because of sovereign God put that book in my path, led me to the book, and the Spirit of God set me free. Because you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. If you have any questions about that, if you have any questions about anything else, I'll try to answer them as best I can, and you'll hear the phone number as part of this podcast. Thanks much. Until next time, Jack Hager, blessings. Go ahead and leave Jack a voicemail. Just let us know your name and generally where you're from. That number is 920-415-4525.